Today's guest is Maria Perone, a psychic and medium based in New York City. And this episode is another exploration into paranormal psych. I've had a couple uh, psychic-like experiences, and I was hoping to get a clearer model of understanding of what psychic abilities are, what does it mean to be psychic, what is mediumship, um, and how can we understand it, especially if you're more skeptical and you want something, at least to understand like a grounded model of what this means. Uh, so we had an interesting conversation. Um, what I found, though, is that there probably isn't, I mean, not probably, there isn't any provable model. Uh, that can prove what psychic abilities are or any understanding. But we did come up with a couple workable models, um, which I think are great. I mean, because even Maria, who does this for a living, uh, can confidently point to certain correlations, but the causation isn't clear. That was like the first thing she says uh, in the example I gave. Um, but what I left with was that um, these explanations aren't provable. If they were provable, they would be science, not paranormal psych. But that doesn't mean it's not useful, and it is uh, interesting, and I think there's a lot of benefit, and I found a lot of correlation between uh, her psychic work and uh, what I do as a coach, which I wouldn't consider paranormal at all. It seems like psychic abilities are an extension of empathy, which we talk about a bunch. And uh, when it comes to mediumship, um, Maria has a different take on spirits and entities and uh, than St. Wu, if you caught that earlier episode about speaking to disincarnate beings. Um, so it's an interesting thing. If, whether you're skeptical or not, it's it's fun to see uh, the workable solution she offers as a psychic. Uh, her website is nycloveguide.com. In, in this episode, she actually does like a miniature reading on me. I, I asked her to, to give me a sense of like how she would read me. And she she did uh, on, some, on some level. It was really fun and interesting to hear that. Uh, so you're listening to Episode a lucky number 13. This is Maria Perone, Psychics and Mediums. You're listening to the Rwando Podcast, Perpetual Orgasm, Infinite Play. Please subscribe on iTunes and enjoy the show. All right, we're live. Hey, Maria. Hi. Yeah, I'm glad we were able to connect here because uh, I definitely, this is a topic I've wanted to speak about with somebody for a long time, uh, somebody who was a little, at least someone who was grounded in the, in the topic because obviously we were talking about this stuff that most people are skeptical about. Um, it can go off like really far off, but I've been super skeptical around uh, most paranormal psychology type things, but I've also had uh, quite a few experiences that I would perhaps call psychic. Um, so I want to speak to you to get a little uh, clarification and understand, understand essentially, like get a, get a model of understanding when it comes to this and, and the mediumship too as well. Um, yeah. So thanks for being here. Thanks. I'm glad I am. This is yeah. great. Um, so I had a bunch of little experiences, but the most recent one that made me want to speak to a psychic um, was that uh, this happened like three or four weeks ago whenever I messaged you. I had a dream. Uh, it was a pretty simple dream. I was in an ex-lover's uh, apartment, uh, and I was talking to her and her roommate, and her roommate said a very specific sentence to me. Uh, and then I woke up in real life, and my current girlfriend was there, and she said the same exact sentence to me. Uh, and I was like, oh, uh, that's a very, I mean, that's more than a coincidence. Um, so is that something you, I mean, what, what, what can I take from that? I, I was just like, I need to talk to someone who knows something about this. <laughs> That's really, uh, I love that because, uh, there are quite a few different angles, uh, to make it more logical in a psychic sort of way. Mm -hmm. of course, I can't see you on the things. Oh, you can't. Um, no. I mean, I don't need to, but it's fun because. Yeah, that's the whole point. I mean, we're only going to use the audio, but uh, it's Ooh. easier to speak to someone who can see their lips moving. Uh, let me try I this. I feel you. Oh, now I went crazy. Oh, I know we're on. Okay, on. I apologize. Okay. Is that working now? Uh, no. Okay, I could turn off both videos. I mean, it'll just, yeah. Okay. All right. Whatever's better. Yeah. Whatever works. Um, then let me really uh, go into here with this question. Um, 
how is it possible that you're sleeping and you're dreaming about this ex-girlfriend's roommate using a specific sentence and then you wake up in real life and your current girlfriend says that exact sentence? Yeah. Okay. It could be that your current girlfriend is highly uh, psychic and able to uh, somehow understand what's happening in your dreams, which I can break down. I am the biggest skeptic of this beyond anyone. I'm always even, you know, checking my own self if this is reality or is this just, is this some sort of phenomenon that uh, is like from another realm? So you either have an extremely psychic, this is just in the basic, very psychic girlfriend, or you have a personal ability to transfer your thoughts. Um, and so you're more like the psychic projector. So these are like the hippie terms, like she could be psychically receiving you and you could be psychically projecting and she could be hearing you. Okay. And, but here's what I believe about this stuff. Um, God, it's so quantum physics, huge. <laughs> I really believe there's a science to this. And let's just start with the base animals. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's just start with the base of animals. And they live in this realm constantly. And uh, they can hear each other. I don't know what language they're speaking, but they understand boundaries. They understand needs. They understand crisis. They understand uh, community. Whatever is going on, there's, uh, they understand the chain of command. So it's a, a very clear form of communication, and it's not you know, really done with any sort of language, but it's done with some sort of um, sixth sense uh, that we don't use as people. And I'll, I'll just break down. This is kind of – I was doing a reading once for this man, and he was a total skeptic. It was at a private party, and um, he came in. Uh, like a business kind of guy. And he said, I, I, he sat down and I said, hey, skeptic, how are you? And he chuckled. And what was going on in the reading is I felt like, a, like I was faking, you know, I felt like I was fishing for all this crap because sometimes it's exhausting. And, you know, I'm booked at a party and you have to just be judgmental or almost racist, to like classifying people as a certain way. I don't like to do that. So I just, in the moment, I'm like, who cares? I'm just going to sit here and let whatever happens happen. Animal, animal sixth sense, you know, take over. Let me hear, let me see, let me taste, let me touch, let me smell what is going on for this guy in front of me that's a total skeptic. And I kept having visual visions of an old lady with metal gear on her head like weird gear on her head, an old lady, and she has knees that were kind of buckling in like some sort of uh, bone deficiency. And I was just, he's sitting there just talking about, hey, well, it's going to have a good work or, you know, and I keep seeing this funny old lady with this gear on her head. I said, you know, I'm just going to stop you and say, I keep seeing this old lady with metal gear on her head with collapsing knees. He said, that's my mother. She's in intensive care having brain surgery or something. And what I realized is this is kind of like your girlfriend in the sleep. If thoughts become matter, okay, this is so quantum physics and I've got to patent it somehow. If thoughts actually become eventual matter, if when we think we're running on a frequency of energy. So you're dreaming about this conversation with this girlfriend and there's all sorts of frequencies and those frequencies actually create images in your mind. They're like creating mm -hmm. things, color, shapes, frequencies create and they can create um, form. So what happened with that man when I was giving the reading is I just let go of all my human crap of trying to figure things out which we do is why we're always missing the point. And we have to make cell phones instead of actually talking, you know, telepathically right now. Um, but what happened is this man was before me and he was so concerned about his mother and did not mention a word because he was a total skeptic and zipped up a lip and wanted me to just look like a fool. 
as best as he could. His thoughts were vibrating at such a frequency about visualizing his mother in this hospital bed or the story in his mind was so uh, vibrating that I went into my animal speak or whatever you call it, that I could actually, because I became in tune with his vibration, I could see what they were forming, like what, what visual things were actually forming from it. Oh my God, this sounds so far-fetched. And I, I really am hoping to language this as best as I can. I don't get to talk about this because people go and, uh, you know, they just want to believe that someone's knowing something uh, and they're special. But we're we're all this way. This is not special. This is our natural way of being, but we don't we don't use it. So I, with your girlfriend, God. I think you. So I just want to I just want to understand. Uh... So far, so your your model of understanding with this is that uh, at least like in the example you gave with uh, the guy at the party, you were feeling what he was feeling, and because of that, you were able to create the corresponding image in your mind that corresponded to what he was feeling. Absolutely, and that's what happened with your girlfriend. Either okay. either you two in this reality as a couple. Uh, vibrate very well together so you can kind of go into each other's vibration and either hear the words, see the mm -hmm. words, or, or so that's what I'm saying. It's like, there is a science behind this. This isn't some mystical junk. It's, there's a logic here and it's all like sound waves and um, energy currents, not hippie mm -hmm. energy currents. I'm talking real science here. Just yeah. But, but to your, your earlier point, what you said is like, it's hard to tell, like, is it that I was projecting to her this energy or thought or thing that she was able to pick up or was she receiving it from me? Or is there like some third thing that was just like mm -hmm. in the room and I was processing it as a dream and she was processing it as language to say out of her mouth, right? Like we don't know what causes what, is that right? I, well, that's that's what prevents it from being a science, right? Say, what causes it is all three at once, really. Uh, if and is there a third? The third is just the uh, mass conscious of all and nothing. Yeah, but we can't we can't prove which way it goes, right? It's like correlation, but no causality. But you can you can really research. You know, you can prove eventually. If you explore yourself and say, okay, before I went to bed, I mean, in your, uh, as a couple, is there more of a tendency to you, for you to reveal yourself or is there more of a tendency to her reveal herself? Like the pattern of your relationship could kind of reveal who is the projector or who might be receiving, was she somehow projecting into your mind and hearing what you were uh, thinking? Uh, hmm. Was she, you know... Was it a fear of hers? Was she having a nightmare or some dream that you were going to have this relationship with another woman and hers was so big that you were picking up on her dream, you know? So mm -hmm. in reality, I think that this, this thing happening is just a little bit of a, a nudge for you guys as a couple to just get to know each other a little better without, with something. So, yeah. Yeah, so we can't figure out the causality, though, but it sounds like in your eyes, you, we can still use it, right? It's like you don't have to understand it for it to be useful. I, I think that uh, we would explode. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think that on an ultimate level, we all understand all this stuff, but uh, we might explode. I mean, it's the, the capacity to understand infinite knowledge is it's an infinite experience. and yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess, I mean, well, one of my, one of my hopes, uh, here and I just in general is all the, with all this metaphysical stuff is to find like a model of understanding that makes sense. Like it might not be like foolproof. Uh, but like, for instance, like what you were saying about, uh, being able to image what you, the guy was feeling at the party, yeah. like I, I've had other little experiences, um, that seem telepathic, like, I think of a word and someone was like thinking that or, or uh, I'll just give another example of when I was more immersed in sexuality work, uh, there's a lot, of, there's a lot of times with like some of the exercises I would do where like 
I just knew exactly where my partner wanted to be touched, how she wanted to be touched. And like, there's different theories of how that works. Is it mirror neurons? Is it the limbic, your limbic system? It's like the animal thing you're talking about. Like there's all this nonverbal communication going on between mammals. Um, and this one time I remember I was thinking about a friend having surgery. I was driving in a car with a partner who I did a lot of practice with. And I was thinking about like a friend having surgery and she was on the phone with uh, some other person um, and she was talking about something she regretted saying. And she was like, oh yeah, I wish I could just surgery that out of the conversation. So after she got off the phone, I was like, like, why did you use the word surgery? That's like such a weird word to use to talk about something you regret saying. And she's like, I don't know. It's just, and I was thinking about surgery. So like, I'm wondering if it was just, we were feeling each other and she's picking up that word again. I mean, that's a model that seems to explain it somewhat. Right? And, and I believe that is exactly what's happening. I mean, who's doing the talking and who's doing the listening. We're not quite clear because mm-hmm. none of us are that skilled yet, but right. we can be. So the, the more that you have these experiences, you can check in on them. Like you are doing with your girlfriend, you know, check in, wait a minute. Who thought that? Because the animals they are just doing this all the time. I mean, they're mm-hmm. doing it, you know, it's all clear for them. We're doing it too, but we have these crazy devices to to do what we're supposed to be doing naturally. So we figured it out how to telepathically communicate, or but through the same frequencies. But for some reason, there's this disconnect with doing it from within ourselves. So I think it's a practice and building a confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I really, I'm with you in this because I'm as skeptical and I wish there was a solid uh, formula, but I think the animals would probably just say, it's like being a, you and you and I, we're like infants here with this language, you know, we learn words slowly. And I think that when you learn how to speak telepathically or understand if you're seeing an image in another person or you're seeing an image in a, uh, a collective thinking, um, or you're projecting We'll become as aware of that if we practice it as aware we are that I am going to drink this glass of water that I poured, uh, an, an entity didn't pour this water. But I think it's just such a baby language to it all, and we've, we just don't have any practice. So how does one practice? And actually, I'm curious, like, how did you develop your psychic abilities? Was it something that you just realized you had, or is it something you worked on, like... How does one get in touch with that? And how did you get to where you are? Um, I'm so fond of this conversation. I can't wait to get to about mediumship too. Mm -hmm. But it all is in the same thread of hearing. It's the animal sense. My psychic ability um, began, I mean, of course, at birth, but I had to utilize hyper, hyper, hyper uh, acute awareness within my surroundings minute by minute as a child i was with a very horrific holocaust level sick mother and like the movie carrie beyond uh and all sorts of twisted adults so i had to be in this constant uh, you know diagnosed paranoid schizophrenic type so i had to constantly check my reality i had to constantly study humans and their like subtle movements twitch in their face um to understand what their next move was because their next move could kill me i i could be dead or you know so i had to really become super fine-tuned into a non-verbal not like this ability to hear smell i had to know how someone smelled if they were going to hurt me or not like just the smell from 20 30 feet away it was that is how i lived like the first 18 years of my life and now it's that forced you to pay attention to force me inputs that other people ignore that huge animal sense and Mm -hmm. from that a lot of logic came where the, the psychic future, like, okay, you have this person, this situation, they smell this way, they taste this way, they touch. What is their trajectory judging by how they are developed? And I've just kind of learned this skill of seeing the future of people 
Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's based on logic. Um, just it's just it's almost sometimes like I what makes sense to follow. Like some people call me and I just want to say, oh, "Your life sucks." You know, it ain't gonna get better. <laughs> but because that's just their trajectory, and and mm-hmm. they're not, you know, they're not shifting something. And at this point, you feel very confident when you see someone's trajectory like you kind of know uh yeah yeah but pretty much i feel it may not be it might may not land in the way i see it Mm -hmm. but the feeling is exact Hmm. feeling so if i see someone is comes to me and they want oh my god get married and be happy i may not see them happening for them, but I see them getting that thing that marriage means to them, like security mm-hmm. or fun or intimacy. So mm-hmm. I see that. And then like five years down the road, they get that, but maybe it's through a dog kennel they end up opening. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So- yeah, that makes sense. This is like the, the materialization you don't necessarily predict. Yeah, change it uh, time. But you, you can't predict the feeling that they will feel based on how they feel now? Can I predict the feeling that they will feel based on how they feel now? Only if they're willing to feel how they feel now. Okay. That makes any sense. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, it's making me think of uh, this acting exercise they used to do where like you look into, someone thinks about a, a past memory, like an emotionally charged memory, and they look at their partner and the partner based on how they feel tries to tell them exactly what it is. So it's kind of like a telepathic yeah. light you know, exercise. And like, it's actually surprising how accurately people can predict with each other, especially if they, I mean, just by paying attention, not always that they get the thing right, but they can construct a scene that's almost, that matches the feeling that the other person gave. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if I think about um, how my dog died and I look at you and you're not, miss, let's say you're not even a psychic. You look at me and you can say like, Oh, you're thinking about when like your cat died. Cause like they get that loss energy, you know, that it lost feeling. So basically that's what you do, but like Absolutely. times 10. And that's the practice. That's, that's ways in which you can practice mm-hmm. the clarity, like laying in bed with your girlfriend and you could do that with her or, or whatever. It sounds like you kind of have a more of an open relation, like a um, cooler relationship. We could talk about kooky things <laughs> where you're with some girl. It's just baboon mind. <laughs> oh, but baboons are quite smart uh, anyway, <laughs> because they're really in their, their sense. Um, and when I say smart, I mean this stuff. I mean, being able to feel and then feel so much that you actually can see the frequency of those feelings into the materialization of energetic form that creates the visual image or the like grid-like construct of what is happening on their frequencies that create form. This is where I get really wild, but Mm -hmm. we all have this. And that acting class technique is brilliant and i think that's it that's a great what's it called what's the technique i don't know <laughs> it was like in a workshop once i'm sure it has a name but um i'm, I'm curious like so i mean it sounds like this is like essentially what psychic abilities are are heightened empathy is that a fair way to put it yeah and these okay yeah feeling into people heightened empathy but there are other you know like you're talking about mediumship and like predicting the, the lotto. I don't know, things like that. So, yeah, I want to, I want to get into mediumship in a second, but I'm curious, like how quickly, like we've, we've only known each other for 20 minutes. Like, do you, can you see something into my future? I know you, I'm mean, not asking for readings. Yeah. I know you do this, but like, is that something you can just tell when you meet someone in a conversation? I just feel like you're lucky. You're so freaking lucky. Your life mm-hmm. is easy. I'm almost jealous. <laughs> uh, financially, just so easy. It's going to be even just so freaking easy. You get to hmm. do, you're going to get to do what you love, 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 love constantly. And I know this sounds all hippie happy. Um, 
it's almost like you're going to have to make up problems to make, to feel smarter or to feel. See, I, you asked me about your future, but I keep going now back to your past. So I keep hmm. going back to this, some sort of woe is me inside of you. That is, I don't know what that is. That's unnecessary, but it's like, the, hmm. I keep hearing you go back in this woe is me. And I, does that help? Does that make any sense? Yeah, I guess. I mean, there's definitely periods. I mean, I, yeah, I guess. Uh, and it's like nice to hear. Uh, I, in, but I'm, I'm wondering, did you get that sense? Like how quickly did you get that sense when we emailed? Did you get that sense when you first, when we first started speaking or is it, is it over the 20 yeah, minutes? I your picture, uh, when I saw your, when you first, uh, when I saw your Facebook or however mm-hmm. a friend tried to hook us up with something, mm-hmm. read, study, uh, what I first saw is very wealthy. Um, I saw like lover type, like I saw you as a lover, um, overcoming nerdiness, <laughs> huh. Some sort of, and then this, but that's kind of mushed up in the past with this. Yeah. Well, that's pretty spot on. Everything else you said, was like, Oh, that could probably apply to anybody, but like, yeah, overcoming nerdiness. Certainly. Well, I don't think it, I, I think that there are guys it doesn't apply to. Hmm. Cause there are, there are those, you know, um, woe is me nerdiness. There's, there's like, uh, what's another word for boys that are troubled? I don't know. Like loser, ugly, you know, yeah. retard. Those words don't fit to you. I'm getting all these kid words, like things hmm. that we call each other. So there's a woe is me and that's like bull crap and it's over for you. Like, it's just you need it to t- to feed your exploration of empathy, uh, being a world sort of prophet or whatever it is you're doing, and and doing this work that you do and being a sort of uh, leader of uh, breaking open people's minds. And you're like a prophet type, you know. And and uh, it's cool. Your your life is rocking, fancy, very very sexy, fancy. Well, it's cool to hear that. So thanks. Thanks for the mini <laughs> reading assessment. I mean, um, very broad. You're not going to be for AIDS or anything, so don't worry. Um, so how does this tie into mediumship? Okay. Oh, actually, wait, uh, another side question, because you mentioned like the lotto, like, and I know this is probably like a, you know, I don't know if it's a condescending question, but I'm sure as a psychic, it gets thrown at you periodically. Like, oh, if you can like tell all this stuff, like, why don't you just like win the lot? Like, why don't psychics win the lottery every time? If they why would you win the lottery? Well, here's the science behind that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the lottery is not an energy. Hmm. But we can't read the lottery. We can't read a freaking number or a, uh, that's like me, like psychically telling you, uh, it's, it's, there's no energy in it. In a, in a number, uh, I'm not talking numerology. I'm talking about. I think I understand like the mechanism of the lottery doesn't have anything. No, there's no energy to it. It's, it's Mm -hmm. yeah. Now maybe there are abilities where one could alter energetically. We're that powerful, alter the lottery numbers. So the little balls bounce and stop on such and such, or, you know, what is like, someone who's gambles and can make the dice stop on a certain number. I think you people might be able to do that, but geez, that's like some serious mind power and understanding how to maneuver matter and space and energy and vibration. And I'm not, it's easier to read and manipulate. Like, I guess the more human forms of energy, like something that feels and has emotions you can read better than a machine. Yes. Gotcha. I mean, if the lotto, if it were a hurt, and when people come to me and they always do, am I going to get the lotto? First of all, I look at them and think, this is, no, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to win the lotto. I don't even bother playing because I psychically know I will not win, but I know I'm going to, something's going to happen that I'll be financially, whatever. I'm going to, I'm going to reach my intentions or I'm reaching my intentions. Um, 
But I think the lotto is a very fearful question. And when people come to me and ask about the lotto, I just see pure terror in them. Hmm. You're terrified. Let's fix this terror. Like, what is this wound in you that's so desperate to be saved by a freaking lotto ticket? Right. Yeah, I'm just gonna bring that up. If, if they're dying to win the lotto, then they probably don't have good things going on for them. Right. Are they? That's what they need. Frightened. Yeah. Yeah. Or resentful. Or there's. It's just damage. Mm-hmm. Um, and but some people do win the lotto, you know. And the, the person that wins the lotto, I think, is just someone who's doesn't even give a damn about it, really. Mm-hmm. playing it for fun or and those who win it that are desperate and get lucky and win it we all know what happens they usually blow it in a couple of years and are right back to the energy level they're comfortable with they're right back to the place they know poverty or struggle do you advise people on how to change their energy level oh in yeah. That sense? oh yeah and what what I know we're going to get to mediumship in a second, but I find this interesting. I just have some theories about it or proof. Mm-hmm. Um, energy. Oh. Yeah. Like changing a person's level, right? So like a person comes to you, like, let's just say they're broke and things aren't going the right way. So they want to win the lotto. If they win the lotto, they're probably going to go back to where they were unless they change their level. How do they change their level? Absolutely. How do they change their level? Oh my God, that could take 20 years. <laughs> Depends on the level of the root cause. I mean, like, and, and then the thereafter of the root trauma or the root belief. And then the, the, the things that happen after that, that continue to support that root experience in a negative way over and over. So they have to kind of undo all this programming. How do they do that? They could go to regular therapy they could uh, write in a journal. They could dance around until they sweat and imagine letting go. They could practice new behaviors uh, with their self-esteem. All very basic, normal people things. Uh, they could, you know, just reprogramming themselves. But, I mean, that's got to go all the way down in the cells. It's got to go all the way to that vibrational thing. And they're, I mean... If the cells are affected, you got to go back into the cells and, and fix them up, you know? Yes. So you can't just go to like a therapist and fix this in one, you know, or does that make any sense? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it sounds like, like what, like coaching or counseling would be for a person to change their perception and therefore change the reality. Um, cool. All right. So let's talk about mediumship. Uh, so I had someone on the podcast uh, some you know a couple of weeks ago who speaks to entities, and I think I got a bit of an understanding of like what these things can be. But I'd love to hear your your take on okay what what is it when you're when you're being a medium? Sorry, I'm crying. Uh, I'm having a comfort thing. Um, you know, people come to me and they want to know about people that have passed on. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, go go to that place and deal with all that stuff. Uh, recently, um, let's see, um, for example, let's just, I'll give this little quick story. Uh, someone came to me about mediumship uh, and I, uh, someone had died, a child died, and I'm letting her know, the mother know this stuff about what's happening. I don't know if I'm just talking to, to make her feel good I don't know if I've created some coping mechanisms. This is all in the moment. Mm-hmm. If I'm creating this coping mechanism to deal, my oh, also my entire immediate family is dead. Everyone. So I I had to you know practice uh, con- conversing with these unresolved relationships on the other side. Was I really conversing? Or was I creating a coping mechanism to deal with it? Oh, the light flickered. Oh, that's my brother, you know, right when mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know. So I questioned myself. I think, oh, my God, I dreamed this. And then the next day uh, it comes in the mail, you know, from my dead mother, this thing mm-hmm. I dream. This stuff has all happened to me. Absolutely. So here's the deal. Talking with this mother about her daughter who passed, and I'm explaining what's going on. I, she's in a two-year uh, shifting energy program. I don't know what it was I was channeling. If I was, 
what happened after that call? And so I thought, my God, maybe I'm not talking to the dead. Maybe none of us are. Maybe what we're hearing is the collective latent emotions and thoughts of the living that are related to the person that died emotionally or whoever. Hmm. So say Bob dies, some guy named Bob. Bob's sister comes to me for a reading. I want to talk to Bob. I used to believe that I was talking to Bob. Mm -hmm. But now I'm wondering, am I? Because a lot of people have died and they say nothing happening. You're not sitting and doing all this stuff. I thought, my gosh. Maybe what I'm hearing, all this stuff, oh, did he have a blue shirt that he loved with a logo of a fish on it? You know, whatever nonsense comes out that is often accurate, it's the collective of everyone who is living that's still thinking about Bob. Gotcha. And especially the person who's sitting with you uh, obviously has a lot of strong feeling about Bob. Yeah. And your girlfriend, back to that same point. Mm Mm-hmm. Is there really such a thing as mediumship if we do disperse into, if when we die, we disperse into the nothingness of everything, whatever that stuff is, Mm -hmm. my head spin and want to to die. It's just too much. So, but now finish the story with the mother and the the child that died. After I had come to this revelation, I said, ooh, I'm going to post this on Facebook, on my, my wall for my reading work. I'm going, to, I'm going to write this out. This is amazing. Am I dispelling mediumship? I'm going to dispel this nonsense, even though I'm getting paid to do it. Mm-hmm. Go to write it on the wall. As soon as I hit post, my entire computer, I heard a voice. I heard a voice. I don't know where it came from. said, if you post this, and that mother sees it. You are going to destroy her, her heart. Do not post this. I said, ah, and I was going to post anyway, just because I wanted to be a smarty pants. Mm-hmm. And the whole computer went wacky. The rainbow swirls were coming on the, you know, the apple. The thing was mm-hmm. going black, 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 black. It was just a mess. I had to shut down. I completely lost the quote that I had written or the little synopsis. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh-oh. Maybe there is this dead child getting saying, don't post that. It's going to hurt my mother. Or were you, was like your subconscious telling you that? Right. right. Guilt creating the vibration, that re- uh-huh. frequency of the computer. Right. Because yeah, I, I, I thought about that a lot. Or in the living okay. situation. I believe more that if we work with this stuff, and that's where I could have been controlling the computer to shut down and break down because of the energy of my concern for posting this uh, dismantling of mediumship. Yeah. Yeah, that's always something that pondered, like, I've pondered with, with mediumship. Because like, like the psychic stuff, like we just created a model and we spoke about a model that, that, at least for me, is enough for me to like understand. But like with mediumship, the, the grand assumption is that every dead person is just like hanging around doing stuff and that that you have to kind of take into like what happens after death belief in order to yeah, believe and you have to talk to people that have really died mm-hmm. also you know i thought that i died several times growing up but i realized now in proper memory i was passing out <laughs> from all the crap they were doing but so i uh, you know but i remember when i was a child laying in bed thinking i just want to go back to before I was born, when I was in that space of nothing, joy. I, I don't even, there's no emotion to it. It's just nothing. And I have a friend that recently died, literally beep, beep, beeps on the machine kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And she came back and she said, oh, there's nothing. There's freaking nothing. I said, I know. I, I think you're right. I, said, this is, hmm. I think maybe I need to really think mediumship. <laughs> Maybe there are souls that are walking around, you know, do I believe in other entities, solar system and aliens? Absolutely. We have a, we have plants and trees. Why aren't there hundreds of other planets with other weird creatures on them? Absolutely. And can they all speak telepathically? Absolutely. We're just 
you know, not uh, skilled in that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm reading a book um, on uh, Tibetan Buddhism right now that quotes uh, Tagum Trungpa a lot. Um, and there's like a passage that he wrote about how like his, that or their, that belief system very clearly is kind of matching like the Western belief of ghosts. Like after death, you go to this place, like Bardo is what they call it. And then you transition to the next life. But if you have unfinished business, which of course we hear in every like horror movie, ghosts unfinished business, they kind of are stuck in the area that they died and they end up haunting or whatever. Right. Is that is that is that kind of like what most mediums believe is and the you know, case? And I and I think that it yes, and that's the model that I've been living under. But mm-hmm. the one thing that's sick about that, the haunting crap. It's, I don't know if some sort of biblical politician people got a hold of this and screwed it up to make people afraid, but that's bull crap. When you die, if you want to go back to that modality, when you are, when you die, it is the freedom ticket. Any resentment, any hate lingering in that person who died, Bob died, Bob hates his sister. He ain't going to be wasting his time haunting his freaking sister. What is good? the resentment that's going to linger is what still lives in the sister. And, you know, if you want to believe that way, I believe they work as angelic forces where I did believe that. Now, like I said, I'm questioning, are we all just working with living energy and does this dead stuff even really happen? But I, I do believe that once they, when my whole family died, group of pedophiles, sick bastards, child pornographer, like my mom was involved with sick bastards. I had to deal with the moment of, oh my God, are they still going to haunt me? I'm screwed for the rest of my life. These people got a clutch on me energetically till I die. And I'm just like, nope, this is a great opportunity for me to talk. So I would have dreams of my mother coming to me in up-to-date apparel, like at her proper age if she were alive. Mm-hmm. healed in recovery. I would have dreams of my brother, family members coming saying, I'm in a healing process. And I want to tell you this. I want to tell you that. And I'm going to send you this. And you're going to start dating that guy. So there was a lot of weird things. I'm going to help you now. I had to leave my human form because my human form was too dangerous to exist. Now I can be your real friend, you know, make any sense. Is that really happening? I don't know. Or was it a coping mechanism for me? But then uncanny things would happen where in the dream in real life it happened the next day. Mm-hmm. But if you kind of believe in the living, it's it could be that I'm creating this relationship in my mind with the dead. And then I'm actually creating it so strongly that I'm materializing it energetically in form into my reality. And it may have nothing to do with the dead at all. Gotcha. Get it? But you still find the, the practical use in it. So it sounds like with all of this stuff, there's there's no provable model, obviously. And with you, you don't even like attach yourself to one model of thinking. You have like a bunch of like, it could be this. I right? could be. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the best thing is to talk to people that have actually died. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the problem with that is we as the listeners don't believe it. Mm-hmm. So there's this like skeptical uh, element to, you know, and... Uh, some, you know, so there's the proof is people that actually have been passed on and resuscitated to hear their real experiences. But I feel like you get a lot of kooks that might be trying to redeem themselves too and not remembering properly. Mm-hmm. Find really well adjusted people to inform as much logic around this and understanding is the toughest thing of all. Mm-hmm. You know, which is so glad to. I would say if I had to, I think it's all within the living, really. It's all within the energy of the existence of things and, and whatever backs that up in another realm that I don't understand. Like, you're trying to answer questions that will kill you. Like they're so huge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, you're letting your mind go, wow, you're by You're like very, very curious. It's really great. I'm so glad you do this work. Yeah. Yeah. These are just things that like, uh, on the, with like, spiritual hippie folk I, I would like indulge in like the imagination here but not take it seriously and then with skeptical people i would like 
play down my curiosity into it. But I'm just like, let me just like ask the questions that I find interesting. I wasn't sure if like you and I would even argue. Like, I didn't know where your stance was on anything, but well, I figured might as well. It's hard to argue with because I do have this odd flexibility with things. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not firm on anything. Yeah, I appreciate that. I think people with firm thinking is like the problem with the world. <laughs> Why everyone's arguing about everything all the time. Fear. That's their yeah. thing. I'm not firm. I don't even care who the hell president is. Done right. yeah. I'm not. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Energy. Yeah. So energy. So. In terms of like the actual, so there's a bunch of could be's in terms of the explanation, but as far as like the cause and effect or like the the practical uses of like psychic abilities or mediumship, what are you trying to accomplish typically with like people coming to see you? I want everyone to be accountable mm-hmm. and responsible and clean up their shit, clean themselves up because it's their mess that's messing up everything. And it's my mess that's messing up. I'm almost like a soul. Now I thought I was a soul surgeon. I thought I would, I feel like I'm more of a soul surgeon, uh, mm-hmm. soul housekeeper. Um, and I'm not, here to dictate the way it should be. It's just energetically, I almost see like this grid of how things should be functioning. It's like a, you know, I just picture a graph and Mm -hmm. people come to me and they're like this all crooked in the graph. And Mm. I'm like, well, you got to fix this stuff, you know? And so seeing someone's trajectory or channeling or, or thinking you're channeling a dead relative, those are just tools and like basically removing their belief flaws, like how you identified the woe thing. Honestly, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to, I'm going to roll with that direction because that is, I'm very, I feel I'm extremely conservative. Everyone says I'm not, but I feel I'm extremely conservative in my thinking and I am blaming it on the individual's ability to, to really be aware of themselves in this past life junk. I don't know. That's if you believe in past life, then you believe that the dead exist. So it causes a whole much more baggage. When I have clients come to me, I say, this is the life we're going to deal with. If you want to go into past lives, okay. But I feel like it's just another avoidance of now, you know? Hmm. Oh, in my past life, I was punished or whatever. I was a millionaire. I don't know. It's, and yeah, maybe, but yeah, it's fun to think about, but it doesn't it doesn't benefit. It's like watching a TV show doesn't really affect as much. I mean, from my understanding, right. past life, even the past, even the past in your own life. Like when I have clients who want to talk about their parents or their childhood, I usually feel that it's not as useful as talking about what they're doing now. Like because you could go to therapy and talk about your past forever. It doesn't always like move things forward for you. If they're stuck, you're totally right. If they don't understand, and if they're like still in this blame game. Like, I'm psyched. I love my past. I'm psyched I went through the hell I went through. It has offered me so much. And I, if I am talking with the dead, I have a blast with my family now. Pedophiles are my friends, you know, on the other side, if they exist. Or I've come to such peace in myself that in this reality, I'm safe enough to have let go. So if uh, people are coming on and, yeah, blaming their childhood, I think it's important to go through that, but it could take, like I said, 10 years, 20 years for some people. So I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't be, because uh, there's so many layers to it. And a cellular level is the uttermost important, like really what happened deep in their tissue and their fascia, in their freaking uh, liver, you know, it's deep in the body. Do you remember that show that uh, there was a medium show, I, I think on like ABC, like crossing over. Did you ever see that? Yes. What did you think of that? With the guy? Yeah. I think it was like John something. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like I could, you know, you go into a room with people and say, I'm feeling someone cancer, had cancer, who, who had cancer, had had. Salt pepper hair, salt pepper hair, cancer. And there was a, a J in their name, a, a J. And you've got a room full of 100 people. Uh-huh. 
So I think there could be a lot of tricks to that trade, mm -hmm. like those little kooky ladies on the street that sit in the little rooms, which are very creepy and manipulative, and once soaked me out of like $300. Hmm. Um, but I think it's, I think that that's that modality that he's really talking with the dead. And maybe he really believes he is, and maybe he is, but... I think what he's doing is he's healing the living with the empathy that they need in that moment. Hmm. Do you find it frustrating? Because it sounds like you do believe that a lot of people in your field are bullshitting. Or nuts. Yeah, just down. Okay. Yeah. How, how do you, I mean, I don't know if you interact with them. I don't know if that's the type of I industry you like. <laughs> what? I work with tons of them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm put how, how do you deal with that? Is it frustrating? Um, no, because the person that sits down to get a reading from them, that's where they are in their process of this mm -hmm. that I see energetically. And so say I'm at an event, like some fancy party with celebrities walking around, they're all doing, you know, we're doing, and I see this reader sitting over there with the person. I'm in that moment also spreading myself out and feeling that situation and giving my own little reading or just checking in on it, you know, like, and then there are some really great, absolutely legitimate people are, you know, that really have something they really do. So, and do things that I don't, I can't do, you know, that they're pulling this stuff out. Are these, you know, I see a street in uh, Iowa and the name is, uh, I've had that happen to me, like I said, but is it because I'm picking up on the thought vibrational frequency within the living person or I'm with the dead? So I'm sticking to my theory that we're picking up on the vibrational frequency of the living and not the dead. Yeah. Gotcha. How, how did you know that you were good enough to do this for a living? Like, what, did you have like a certain level of accuracy that you started noticing? I just kept getting hired back. Like, okay. fancy events with like, Famous people. I had. I. I was in college, and I had girlfriends said, "Get animal cards. Do that. You're. You've got something. You. You know." And I would always tick people off with kind of blurbing what I thought felt. Mm -hmm. It would upset people at work. I'd be pulled aside. How dear? How did you know that about so and so? I don't know how I knew it. I just could see it, or I could feel it. Or so and so has cancer. When I look at someone and they have a weird black bulge sticking out of their thyroid, no one else can see this. And I see it. I see it. And everything looks like sometimes. And it's like, oh, it's like tripping. It's like I'm tripping. Hmm. But it's because I go in that sense, that animal sense so intensely. It's why animals can growl at someone because they're really seeing that person. Or they're also hmm. picking up on the fear of their owner, you know, or their yeah. uh, bot or whatever they call parent. So sometimes when you look at someone, is it kind of like having a hallucination or is it like an overlay or is it something you yeah. see in your mind when you look at them? Like, Yes. Or I'll feel like totally like aroused, like, uh -huh. like instantly like wet talking like, like to an old lady with, you know, 20 cats, you know, like uh -huh. what is this <laughs> or. So what does that mean? <laughs> they're excited. Okay. So excited to have someone paying attention to them. Sometimes around, I get aroused when someone's just so excited to be seen mm -hmm. by a safe person, by someone they know is probably not going to hurt them at all in that moment. So it's like it's just this freedom for them to kind of pick up in their own energy that wasn't able to come out at another time. Mm -hmm. um, I see you now. Oh, cool. Well, I, yeah. This is the first time. It's just like I'm sitting on my floor. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah. So let's, uh, what were we talking about? Uh, Being yeah, uh, trippy, the trippy sensation of seeing through people and things and the energy of things and their, you know, an illness in their body by the way, you know, whatever, the smell that emanates out of them, the way they place the objects in their house. It's like, what? Are you insane? Like, there's just, there's so much logic in in this grid this structure this that i maybe i'm just tuned into you know mm. things just don't seem right so yeah 
Cool. Well, I'm glad to at least understand that my guess about what psychic abilities were as an extension of empathy seems to be confirmed by you. Because like, that's like when I'm coaching someone, and I have this sense like, oh, is your stomach tight? And maybe it's over the phone, I can't see them. I'm assuming that I'm picking up some something in the tone of voice that makes you get, get the sense that their stomach is tight, but it's really kind of just an educated guess on my part. But you're saying that that's like, that's like, that's like psychic light almost. Like if I could heighten that, maybe I would Absolutely. pick up more detailed things. You can make thousands of dollars an hour being like the hot one. If you could do, because the cadence in someone's voice, this is one thing that drives me up the wall. You know, like the, you're like doing healing work in your own right. And you're the speaker. When I hear your voice, there isn't, um, it's clean. There's no, <laughs> but when I hear these like self-help people, like get on and they do like a thing and they got this, it's like this extra sound in their cadence of their voice. Mm-hmm. Oh my, oh my God, this person is going to freaking get, ovarian cancer or like with the hmm. fibroids let's go you know or this guy is like full of hatred you know it's that's how i so i can hear it hmm. like in your voice i hear just the the only thing is that the past a little bit of the shy or the the boy the hmm. what was i saying i can't remember. nerdy and hurry. Yeah. <laughs> well, now I see you. I feel sad. <laughs> yeah. The nerdy. You weren't ugly. You weren't retarded. You weren't a jerk. It was just like, um, because you weren't nerdy, you were sensitive and it just didn't fit in right. You know, it just didn't fit written right to society. So it comes across, it came across as kind of nerdy, but it's not. But that lady is the only thing. And I probably say, negative point you know point one percent in your vibration that's how far you've come point one percent hmm. of that you're gonna make me cry if you keep going <laughs> oh that's so sweet yeah. yeah you're like home free it's great how old are you like 27 i'm, I'm 29 oh 20. did you start this when you were 27 uh no oh i don't know yeah. 27 is important 29 27 I think significant. When I was 27, I, I left a, a cult situation. Wow. What were yeah. you like? I don't know. One Taste? I heard of them. Yeah, wait, are they like the own people and all that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a great experience. I think it's what helped me get over a lot of things. But we don't have to go into that right now. But like, yeah, it was a whole thing. I mean, that's the only thing I could think of. Like, what's significant about 27? Yeah, anyway. Thank God you left that because you're too clean. Oh, you're too clean for that crap. Hmm. I don't even know much about it, but I had a couple of friends that did it, and there was just this dark, like like I said, I look at them, I'm like, oh, I mean, I kind of look that way right now. I'm just like tired today or something, but there's just like this darkness, and uh, that they these one taste people kind of had. I, I couldn't. Yeah. Well, it was, it's, it's like they're definitely. I mean, if in terms of energy, definitely some dark energy there. Yeah, uh, which I actually found was was interesting. But actually, about like the darkness on the face. Um, I was speaking to an acupuncturist about people who did like the ohm thing a lot, and he said like the practice kind of runs out your um, kidney energy because like it's, it's like so much arousal. Um, so like a lot, it shows up in people's eyes like they they get dark circles when they have used like spent all their sexual energy basically. Anyway, oh, I love it. I love yeah. it. Cool. Uh, well, we just went through an hour really fast. It's been uh, really fun speaking to you. Um, and, I, and I'm and i really appreciative of the mini reading you gave me in the middle of these inquiries. Um, oh, cool. Good. Uh, how can people find out more about your work? Um, you can go to my website, nyclovguide.com. So it's all one word, nyclovguide.com. Cool. Yeah, we'll have a link to that uh, along with this podcast. And uh, yes, you offer readings and uh, various like counseling. Yeah. Awesome. That's what I actually do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, based on the couple of minutes you gave me, I I, I will vouch for the accuracy. Uh, So that's awesome. Oh, Uh, for the reading. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Well, thank you so much, Maria. This has been really awesome. And uh, yeah, let's stay in touch. Okay. Thanks. You too. All right. Take care. Bye.
Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you want to be a part of the virtual audience for future episodes, make sure to follow me at crowdcast.io slash Rwando. See you next time.